Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Plus minus. Curry, way downtown. Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit there. <laughs> Plus minus. Hey, driving again. Oh, you're kidding me. Tell Marcus that he asked you know, that question about my defense. You hear that, Marcus? Anthony, you know me well, buddy. I'll have a great night. I think you got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. Hello and welcome to a weekly edition of the Warriors Plus Minus podcast, but Tim Kawakami has been kicked off the pod this week, so it feels a little bit more like Warriors All-82. It's just me and Marcus. Booted. Booted him all the way to LA where he is vacationing. Load load management. (laughs) He's uh, gearing up for the playoffs. There will be a playoffs, right? They're not going to spiral. Okay. Wow. You mean like into the plan and then lose? Like <laughs> Somebody somebody sent that to me. It was like, hey, man, the Warriors are not. The seventh seed is not off the table. And I'm like, sure it is. And then I look. I'm like, I mean, technically. Well, Minnesota's like the hottest team in basketball. So, I mean, let's look right now. Minnesota and the Wolves are and the Nuggets are both tied at 42 and 30. The Warriors are 47 and 24, six back in the loss column. Warriors have 11 to go. You know, there's gate looking. I'm in Orlando right now. They're playing the Magic tomorrow night. Should win that one. They got a game in Washington. Um, there's, there's a few other should wins. Like, they would almost have to go like two and nine, one and 10 to, to put that in play. It would have to be tough. Yeah. I mean, they're clearly very much in danger of falling to four. I thought five. Dallas has lost two pretty bad games recently, so they now have 28 losses. It's getting more bunched up for sure, but no, I don't see. I, I personally think they're going to win, you know, maybe half their games on the way out. I don't know. Where are you at? Like, it's funny. Like, obviously, they're coming off a really bad loss last night, but, you know, just the way Poole's playing and who they have in the schedule ahead, I, I don't think, you know, three and eight is on the way. They've got some favorable ones, right? Even though this was a favorable game, the the home against San Antonio, like they could give away some favorable games, but they've got a lot of them, you know. They also have a lot of losses ahead, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm looking right. So you count Miami, uh, Memphis. Memphis, Phoenix. That Utah one's big because that's for the tiebreaker with the Jazz. Yeah, Utah is huge, and and it's home. They won't have Steph, but. Presumably they won't have stuff. He's supposed to find out. We're supposed to get an update like the day before that. Yeah, but he's not. They won't he's have stuff for that. Yeah, it's a tough game, but it is at home. They play well against the better teams. They they tend to they tend to get dragged down and give other teams hope, but they do play well against good teams. Their final four is against Kings, Lakers, Spurs, Pelicans. I mean, that could be four straight right there. Especially if there's urgency, <laughs> if there's urgency to win those games, you potentially have a Steph Curry return if the foot is healing well uh, within that too. I'm thinking Steph is back by the Lakers game, right? I don't know why I just put that in my head. You love the three day break between. A I game love the break. Like, I love Steve Kerr wants his guys to get practice time in. It's a practice, but if he comes back, they could literally they could go three and zero down the stretch easily, right? I don't know. New Orleans is playing pretty well, and they might need that game. It's back-to-back. They're closing the season on a back-to-back. That's a road back-to-back. I know. But, you know, the other thing is, do the Warriors need that or not? Is there any seating implications? If there is, they'll, you know, they'll go after it. But there's a chance you just know, you know, by April 9th, April 10th, they are the four seed. They are the blank seed, whatever. Then they'll rest. And you know what's interesting, too, these – other teams are like not running away like you thought they might, right? Like Memphis is losing some games where you figured 
you know, they'd be, Memphis would pull away, but they're not actually pulling away. If the Warriors win that game last night, it's still a just a half game. So for a while, we've been saying three, four, but the truth is two is still on the table because other teams are doing things, right? Uh, you know, like you said, Dallas lost a couple of games. You know, Denver's kind of spiraling a bit. Uh, nobody else is lights out either. Minnesota's lights kind of out. Addendum. Minnesota is lights out. They've come from the depths, right? You know, and this is the wrong time to say this, but Minnesota playing itself into six right now makes three more appealing. You know what I mean? It makes like, hold on to three. If you might get Minnesota three, six again. Like, I don't know. I don't like that Minnesota matchup. In, a, in the playoffs. It's, it, okay. You, well, you tell me you have to pick of those teams, Utah, Dallas, Denver, Minnesota. Who of those four do you think should Utah. be the you'd, Utah in round one? Utah, the team about I, to hop them? I, is you, is you, I don't know. I just don't believe in Utah. Oh, but you believe in Minnesota because of their playoff history. No, but they don't have any. That's the thing. Like, you, them, them dudes who don't know what they losing, who, like, you know, the matchup. They also don't know what tricky. they're, like, walking Yeah, into. but those teams, like, are. A bit, you know, scary too. They could, they could just be scary. Uh, I'm judging this by the fact of uh, I just don't think they want to see Carl Anthony Towns. Like that's a that's a tough matchup. And even if you win that series, like he's going to wear down guys. Right? It's gonna take a full effort from Draymond and Kevon Looney on him. Looney just can't guard him. Like we've just seen that Looney can't guard him. So that means it's a lot of Draymond. And do you want Draymond, like, you know, doing that round one? Ditto for Jokic. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. If it's not Towns, it's Jokic. If it's not Jokic, it's Doncic. Like, you know, I know Luka's different. Well, Luka's different, yeah. I mean, you you could do they – they got 58 guards to or wings to run at Luka. And I think Dallas is super tricky, uh, but – you don't have to like it's a, it's a basically strength against strength. It's like wings and guards against wings and guards. I mean, they have you know you know serviceable big men who will hurt you if you don't if you're not locked in. But they don't have anybody who's gonna like change the pace of play, right? Like there's not gonna be anybody to kind of control the game down low. It's just you know speed up Luca or you got you deal with Luca. Spencer Dinwiddie is really good, really good addition for them. Jalen Brunson is tough, but those guys just feel a little bit more manageable than having to devote so many resources to try to stop a big man because you don't have a big man. So that would be my very Steve Curry and concern. I think they wouldn't mind scouting a, a playoff series where they're D'Angelo Russell's on the opposing defense. And I don't know. I think Minnesota's the preferred match. They don't attack dudes like that, though. They don't do that. I mean, they know even his off-ball tendencies. They know but a lot of D'Angelo Russell that, tendencies. Though. Yeah, they just don't. I mean, well, I can see it. They, they wouldn't like, like, yo, this is what we're about to do. I don't expect them to, like, you know, force a switch and then suddenly Steph's doing one of those, like, dribble it back out, you know, 38 feet because he's going to go attack one-on-one. Which one is on probably one. what they should do. They should probably go every time down at D'Angelo Russell. But you know what they're going to do? They're going to get the they're going to get the switch and get him behind Andrew Wiggins and they're going to turn it into a post-up matchup. Yeah, or it'll be something where like he's guarding the the uh, your split cut action and they're like we know he can't guard the split cut. <laughs> anyway. But I think we should probably the, I'll probably give a Minnesota too much. Match but. it's you are. It's probably too early to discuss matchups. Um it's more for the Warriors. I mean, as they continue to talk about, it's like more playing well because they're not beating anyone if they're not playing well uh, in this conference. So where would you like to start with what's going on with the current team? You know what I would say. I think we got to start with Andrew Wiggins. Wow. <laughs> I mean, we do. Uh, I, I think it, we could definitely go with Clay, but um... – or, you know, we could even go with that Draymond toss out. That wasn't, didn't that feel like the Charlotte game from last year? It felt like a few games I've seen in Draymond Green's career, not just one. But Charlotte, remember last Charlotte is like, you got kicked out this game where they need you? You know what I'm saying? But that was kind of worse. It was at the end of the game. Yeah, like, that one, well, not only that, they were up two with like 
20 seconds left in Charlotte, and it was a double technical. And the, the technical free throws, yeah. Free throws to tie it. So that, that to me, was was worse. It felt like a little bit like, remember the Knicks game last season where he actually got thrown out because he was yelling something at Wiseman, but the ref thought he was yeah. yelling at yeah. him. And that was like, you know, they were in a time of the season where they were trying to, like, build and get momentum, and he got ejected. Dirt, you know, in the middle of a close game, and then they went on to lose the game. Hey, if he's there, I mean, you can never replay it, but you, you know, you probably win if he's but there. But you do feel that way, yeah. Um, he wasn't playing that good last night, so you know, I you still presume, you know, in such a closed game where you know he only needs to make one or two plays, he needs to you know complete a box out basically or something like that. He gets that free throw, yeah, exactly. At the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, you probably do win if he doesn't get tossed. I think that the general theme is even without Steph, I mean, without Steph for sure, but even with Steph, this whole thing is going to come down to who essentially maximizes themselves on, uh, around Steph. I mean, we know what other teams are going to do anyway, are going to try to do. So they're, they're basically going to say, let's take away Steph. So that's essentially the series is on Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole, Andrew Wickets. I feel the best about Jordan Poole just because of the diversity of his game. He's going to get to the rim. Like, he's going to finish. He's starting to take more mid-range. Like, he shoots well, jumpers. Well, let's just be like, honest. Of those three, Jordan Poole is currently the best player right now. Like yes. He's playing the best. And the part that is, to me, concerning about Wiggins is defensively, he seems to be, like, not as there anymore. And that's what they really are going to need from him. I don't think they need 25 from him. But, I mean, I couldn't count. You know how many times, like, he's he's closing out on the, the on the shooter. And, like, so Keldon Johnson or Josh Richardson, they get the shot off while he's there. And it's like, dude, you're, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're 6'7 with hop. They, they should not get this shot off if you're there. But it's like a... He's just not like fully committed, and maybe maybe that was like schematic. Maybe they were saying let them do shoot because they can't shoot. But with their roller like that, Kelda Johnson's got this super slow wind up. It's like you know the shot's coming, like smother it. Uh, but he's just doing some weird things defensively. It's going to come down. You just know it. It's going to come down to Wiggins, right? Whether it's making free throws. Last night he didn't get the box out on Dejounte Murray. Like if you watch that. There's, there's five Warriors in the paint, and there's three Spurs, you know, and the one guy who gets gets to the ball is the guy that Wiggins didn't block out, and it's just like little winning stuff like that. Wiggins is really good, so the expectation for him is really high. We ain't even going to talk about the money, but he's a really good player who you just kind of look to in those moments, and you just wonder if it's going to come down to him. And how like how he's gonna break out of this kind of rut he's in. To me, that's what's that's what's really jumping out. You know Clay's gonna hit shots, like Clay's gonna do what he does. I don't think Clay's playing particularly well, but you know, Wiggins has all of the ability and none and all of the reason to to be performing right now. So he's gotta do it. Wiggins was pretty good in that Saturday night game against Milwaukee, that win. He had you know, 21 points, seven rebounds. He had that uh, rebound put back. I think Giannis was in the mix when he did uh, two blocks, four assists. It was like, you know. Was that the, was he guarding Middleton that game? I remember he, he was. He was kind of going to different guys. But, yeah, there was a lot of Middleton. He played well defensively. I mean, that was a really good yeah, win. Yeah, no, he, he, was, he was really good. So he was really good. And then he was talking post game. And I actually, you know, usually he's relatively bland in his press conference remarks but he was pretty honest saying like you know somebody asked him how about his performance and he's like well it couldn't have you know it couldn't gone any worse than the last month is gone and then at one point he was like just you know he was talking about his free throws and how it you know that slump had kind of impacted his whole game but also just how he, he i believe he said i hope this is the turning point 
just you know you're like okay maybe he's just you know he's kind of coming out of this lull sometimes Wiggins goes through these lulls we've seen it he's very streaky not necessarily in game streaky but it seems like he he'll go 15 to 20 game stretches where he compiles an argument uh, for the look he's a changed man look you know this and then he'll go 15 to 20 games and then the Minnesota fans are like ah you fell for it yeah and then he'll do enough of those games that you're like look he's not a changed man well it felt like maybe and the way he was talking post game like oh maybe this is the the turning point game he even literally said turning point but then he got sick and he hadn't played, in eight, you know, he had a he didn't have a good game against the Spurs. He hadn't played in eight days, so I mean, maybe that's an excuse type game. Maybe that was part of his low energy, the condition. Clay was the same, right? Clay came back and wasn't good. That's acceptable. That's why I'm not necessarily worried about that loss. Like it's an ugly loss, but it's very par for the course this season, right? <laughs> like they lose those type of games, but you just gotta wonder, like. Wiggins has to win you a game or two, right? He, he's going to have to do that every series. There's going to have to be a game where Wiggins is just like, all right, this dude is killing. If they get that, to me, that that kind of is what loosens things. You know, the playoffs are all about, like, counters. I mean, I know we I know we spend a lot of time going back to, like, back in the, you know, 15, 16, all that. But we've seen the highest level of playoff basketball, right? You get to game five, game six, like you better have a, another move, you know what I'm saying? And that's got to be Wiggins, right? Or at least Wiggins got to be the first move so Steph can be the early move, but you just can't, you can't not rely on him. So to me, that that's the, the concerning part, like Wiggins finding a groove at the right time and being a big factor, but man, you just know he's going to be at the free throw line at some point with the game on the line. You just know it. When he, <laughs> when he got fouled last night, there was like so many, you know, twists to that ending. The The first one was like, foul, wow, they fouled. And then you're like, it's Wiggins Smart to the foul. line. Yeah, no, Smart you're like, foul. it's Wiggins to the line. <laughs> he was actually 6-9 and nine on free throws last night. It was like his best I think that's throw. why Steve was about like, I, neither call I liked. Yeah. Like oh, <laughs> both calls were crazy. What you was gave it, them was a it, Were they hacking? Is that what it was? Yeah. All you needed to know about that, um, I wasn't there, but I was watching on TV. But Wiggins made the first one, and Steph literally just started celebrating on the sideline. Yeah, yeah. Like you could tell, you could tell it was a big deal that they feel his free throw struggle turned out to be tell. premature because the second miss leads to the O rebound foul. I don't know. That was wild. Yeah, wild ended. You know, our co-host who's not here has this thing, you know, going on social with pool, right? And <laughs> and being the quote-unquote pool hater. But I just really don't have any concerns about Jordan Poole's availability mentally and, like, in, in a postseason. Like, that dude's going to show up. He ain't going to play great all the time, but he's going to show he up. He continues man. to, like, answer the call at various points of his career. You know, obviously – Bad rookie season, do you fold? Are you basically, you know, floating your way out of the NBA? No, he came back year two. Oh, this is an improved player. This guy is, you know, trying to make a mark. Okay, the G League bubble turns himself into a rotation player. Down the stretch last season, okay, you're somewhat of a rotation player, but it's winning time. How much do you help? He was one of their better players in that six-game winning streak to, uh, you know, close the season last year. He was good in the play-in games. And then this season, there has been various points you know, it was first it was like, okay, now you're starting. You're Clay Thompson's, you know, replacement starter. How are you going to handle that? Very well, obviously, the way he was playing early in the season. Okay, now your role is shifting. He definitely went through an adjustment period, times of, of critiques of him, but he has answered that call, right? I mean, really when he felt like he was at his lowest this season, when, you know, we're doing the interview in Dallas and he's having those, you know, answers that got everyone like, uh-oh. He has not played a bad game since. I believe it's nine straight 20-plus point games since then, over 50% overall, like 50% from three. And now, you know, you have Steve Curry even saying last night, he trusts Jordan Poole a bunch more than he even did a month ago. And, like, you know, they're handing, you know, Draymond's going to, especially when Draymond has a little bit more of a rhythm, will be the point forward. He'll have plenty of, you know, ball handling responsibility. But Jordan Poole, particularly, you know, last night late in the game, it's like, He's making the plays. He's running the team. The two biggest, you know, makes last night that 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 had him tied it late was, 
you know, he gets it in transition and creates a layup for Kaminga. Then the next time he gets one himself with Steph Curry out and with Draymond Green very much easing back into the mix, he is their best player right now. Say it. This is this is Jordan Poole's team. It is right now. I mean, you know, you know, you know how there's like there's, and we've seen it this season maybe more than most. But like, there's so many lives to a season and so many moments, and you. Oh, this one has like a hundred yes. lives. It feels like. Yeah. Well, the current life has Steph Curry out, Draymond Green, like basically just trying to get any type of rhythm, and Jordan Poole as the team's currently their best player for the last ten games, really. That makes you feel good about their chances in the playoffs, right? Especially you talking about Minnesota. Even if they won't, you know, Minnesota will obviously do things to put uh, Steph, like, in a tough spot. They love Vanderbilt on them, right? Uh, with Reed as kind of like the, the floating helper, two super athletic guy. But if anybody going to cook D'Lo, it's going to be Jordan Poole, right? Like, he's, he's like, Yo, oh, I'll take this dude every time. So, to me, as long as – if these are the last 11 games, it's kind of – dedicated to getting Wiggins back. I don't think people realize how far off he... I mean, they do. You can watch it, but before the All-Star break, his offensive rating was 111, defensive rating 107. Since the break, his offensive rating is 100, defensive rating is 112. Like, it's been a full flip. Like, he's shooting below 40% from the field and 30% from three. Like, this wasn't Wiggins. And they're really good when Wiggins is good. They're really good when Wiggins is good. So if you could point to one thing that's kind of obviously the injuries, obviously Clay coming back has thrown a lot of things off, and he's still in his mind, you know, he's just like, yo, I'm about to take this dude one on one. Still, like, it's kind of messing things up, but they, I feel like they need to get Wiggins to a certain point. He is the X factor, which is. It's got to be terrifying for Warriors fans because, you know, you just don't know how this dude, you don't know how he's going to produce, but also they are really good when Wiggins is going. And it doesn't matter who they face in the first round. If Wiggins is hooping, I don't think anybody's going to beat him in the first round. Just look at their record in the first half. Remember, I mean, he was like the best left corner three-point shooter in the league. He barely hits them anymore what was he by like 42% or something like that? Like the first half or by the time he was named an all-star starter. If he just 35, 38, like 40, it's kind of crazy. 40, 40 transformed them into the team that looked like, you know, the favorite for parts of the season. But he's 30 now, right? Like thirties. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, especially the way they want to start, which is with Draymond and Looney two non-shooters. Yeah. Absolutely. Andrew Wiggins' prior seasons is considered like, you know, he's a shooter, but he's not a feared shooter. So to defenses, sometimes that is almost like a non-shooter. Well, when he was 40-something percent, it was like, you know, that's basically knockdown in the league. And then that either changes the way defenses play you, or if it doesn't change the way defenses play you, they're getting killed by you making a bunch of threes. So if everyone's healthy, that might be like their biggest stat in the playoffs. Like what's Andrew Wiggins' three-point percentage, honestly? And confidence. He just doesn't even seem to be taking it nearly as much. And like maybe that has something to do with the free throws. Maybe the free throws have, you know, it seemed to me that they kind of think that. Like even though Kerr was like admitting it in his press conferences that like he felt like the free throw slump, what you know, a really weird mid-career just like inability to hit free throws. It seemed to like kind of throw his game off completely. Have you seen anything like this before? I mean, I'm trying to think. Westbrook, I remember when Westbrook used to be like 75, 80% career, like really good free throw shooter. His felt pretty gradual, right? Well, no, there was one seat. Remember when they changed the rule where between free throws, you couldn't leave the line? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he yeah. used to have it. I mean, he's really OCD. He used to have his thing. He'd hit the free throw. Then he'd like basically walk back out to half court and like do all his things. And like if it was a home game, you had the lady like, you know, three rows behind us at the scores table yelling, come on, Russell. Like there, he had this whole like routine. And when the league said you can't leave the line, he like tripped out about it. And then he, he went from like mid 80s to the next season. He was like 60s, like not, you know, and now he's not a good free throw shooter. But this is just like randomly mid-season, a career like 72-ish. I think he's 72.4% Wiggins is for his career. is going like over a stretch of a couple months, like 30% from the line. 
it's a wild drop, right? And the the crazy part about it, less than a percentage, is his just sheer inability to hit two in a row, right? He he cannot make two in a row. When he hit the first one last night, I was like, that's that'll ease it. He'll, you know, it's like that's usually how it works, right? Particularly, I mean, he did make two in a row last night, right? Like he was like, I think he made the first. Yeah, he was three six and nine. Like he was six. Yeah. And nine. yeah. I, yeah, you're right. When he hit that first one, I was like, oh, okay. Well, at least he's going to be clutch with it. Because Andre Iguodala is like that, right? He'll be a poor free throw shooter. But then when it's when it, when the game is on the line, like he's hitting those. But So I'm thinking, oh, okay, Wiggins is clutch. Let's go. Clutch Wiggins showed up. And then I, you don't normally see that. Normally you make the first one. You, you all good. <laughs> but he felt it. And they didn't even call like a timeout in between. You know how Steve likes to call that timeout to make you think about it? It wasn't even that. He just... Yeah, that that was wild to me. Uh, but we do got we we do need to talk about Clay. It's so clear to me watching him, and I and I do think it's so easier easier to see on television than it is live. Like he's just a completely different player catching shoot when he's coming off screens in offense. They've got them little pet plays where you know it, it's not a lot of action, but it's kind of like a reset. It ain't coming. He'll dip one way, then come back off the screen. Like his shot looks way different. The part he's seemingly married to that is a problem is when he's just driving in the lane and taking these these fadeaways with like no lift, you know, these kind of leaning. We were joking about that. He doesn't shoot straight up anymore. Like not like inside the paint. It's never like pull up straight up and down, shoot. It's it's all leaning and fading. And it's like no to the rim action unless he's dunking. <laughs> but like, can they get Clay, especially without Steph, to not get into okay? There's no Steph. This is my time. Let me take over. Like, probably not because that's what it felt like. Somebody's got to have the conversation with him, right? Somebody's got to do it. Look, this team is going down with Clay Thompson. You know, like. He's going to be a starter. He's going to be a closer. He's going to shoot, you know, not every time he wants, but kind of. I mean, what, last night, I think he took 20, 21, 22 shots. They've committed to, I think, this season kind of running it out with this dynasty core, which includes, like, you know, Draymond's got to get back, give what he can give. Obviously, Steph runs the whole show when he's there. Clay Thompson is just going to be allowed to be Clay Thompson. But this ain't Clay Thompson, though. This ain't Clay Thompson. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms and restrictions apply. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms and restrictions apply. I don't know. I he like, was three for ten last night inside the arc. He's six for twelve from three. Them all good shots. He's taking good shots. Their screen are set up for him. It's in the flow. When was he the dude who's like, I right, what on three? Pre Durant. Sometimes with Durant. No, I think some. I think sometimes people forget. Like he averaged the same amount of shots as KD. Like all the season. And there were. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There would be he plenty of his. times. You know that KD would be rolling his eyes at Clay Thompson's <laughs> shot selection. 
A lot of quick transition threes. There, there's right this idea, of- and like, don't worry, I'm, I definitely was was one of the people that, you know, I guess kind of thought this naively that like Clay Thompson, again, we've talked about this, was going to come back and like, it was going to be such an easy transition because he's the, he's the no dribble king and not nah, like the dude kind of chucks like he always has that's chucked. who he was but he did he when he was the no dribble king that's what we know that's the clay we know i think he's got to do it more because you know like the bot you know he's Absolutely. just not what he was athletically understandably so there's a little bit more of that but he's like the thirst for the shots has not changed it's still there nah, it ain't. that ain't never that ain't never changed and <laughs> but- that's the thing you say have a conversation <laughs> with them like i'm like this is just who you got on your team but he said it himself. Remember when he comes out against Milwaukee and he gets hot? He's like, "Like I got to stop forcing shots, get my shots in the flow of the offense, right? He was talking about, you know, catch and shoot was really the difference. And then he just went back. I mean, and look, I understand what he's saying. Like I get it. You know, the last time he played in 2019, I mean, the floor was so spread. Like, you know, the defenses were going crazy. I remember Toronto was going crazy on staff with the with the janky defense. And, like, he, you know, he was just cooking, man. I, like, I remember. I get it. Like, he was – he had arrived at that level. I, I see why he wants to get back there. But he doesn't have the burst. He doesn't have the first step. He doesn't even have, like, the lift off the floor, which is why he's doing so much fading and leaning so to me, it's not like, hey, man, you can't do this or you can't ever be this, but you got to be real selective about when you do it, you know, because there are some time even uh, against San Antonio, it's like, all right, you need a bucket either to stop the run San Antonio's on or to like, you know, crest the mountain, you know, crest the hill, as Bob Fitzgerald likes to say. And then Clay comes down and he just chucks a bit, chucks a bit ranger. Like, I got this. To me, those are the shots that I feel like, when Clay is on his game, those are gone. Like those are gone, and he's he's wait like he's waiting for the screen and running off the action. Well, he's I would say he's rushing action for sure. There's and then there's two other things. I think number one, like this isn't an offense loaded with, particularly with Steph out, like loaded with alternative terrific options. I mean, this is offense will be their problem without Steph Curry. Steve Kerr's already yesterday's trying to lean into this like well we can build a defensive identity while Steph's out that needs to be where we lean it's like you know if they have a Wiggins Clay Draymond Looney in the starting lineup he's like that's the core of a great defense so if they're going to play those type of lineups where it is Looney and and Draymond and and the way Wiggins is playing I mean Clay probably has the feel of like look okay I can not shoot this shot then we're going to run offense and it's going to be Looney pump fake pump fake you know you know (laughs) this dang Looney catches strays he ain't even do nothing (laughs) and then the other thing is I think to your original point of like you know Steph being out Clay going okay you know Steph's out like I am 1A on this offense i am the alpha of this offense it's a pecking order thing and like we could sit here and i think me and you can reasonably right now say jordan Poole should be the you know the guy who runs the offense but there's a big difference between me and you stepping back and saying over the last 10 games jordan Poole has been the best offensive player on this team and like some conversation with clay thompson of like hey clay jordan Poole's better than you now why don't you know why don't you let him control all the action that's exactly how steve should say dogs <laughs> but you know I don't, I, I don't even yeah no you're right i just don't i don't think clay should take fewer shots i just think he should take more of the shots he's really good at right now <laughs> like and less of the shots that he's not very good at like, i think it's harder for much, him to get the easy shots now though if there was a more constant see i know the warriors don't like this you know it's not their thing but sometimes to me this is why like you need to have like more specific offense not like free flowing is cool but to me sometimes it's just got to be about we're going to get clay thompson going not we're gonna move the ball around and try to create like layups ain't happening against good defenses you're not gonna trick somebody and get the oh he's back door he's wide open like the princeton offense like ran into good teams and, <laughs> and that's what eventually you got to be able to get a bucket on a good defense so to me, that's what it's like. All right, these we're gonna we're gonna run this to get Clay gone. 
Clay, where, where are your spots on the floor? Where we we got to get you here. And they do it for other players, but it's just usually to post. Like that's <laughs> that's what it is, or it's a split action. So yeah, I mean, I do feel like some of it can be more manufactured and less free flowing, right? Less coming down, uh, less like kind of like Clay on his whim, but just more structured. Like Clay, we're gonna get you twenty five shots. Here's our plan to get you twenty five. But you're gonna get 25. But you know, you know what his true shooting percentage is since the All-Star. He's at 50%. He's true shooting to fit five, 503. Like that's not even Clay. And you know, he is from a culture where there's no such thing as a bad shot because he's one of the great shooters of all time. But I just don't think that's true anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like he does take bad shots. Yeah, but I mean, this is just who you're dealing with, you know. And it's like a lot of times I think there is an over there's too much of a belief that the coaches can really control everything going on on the court. You know, maybe it's because college basketball is going on right now and it feels like every college coach is like, <laughs> every ah, single, yes. 17 <laughs> passes before a shot. timeout. You seven come over here. We're having lectures on what just happened over the last two possessions. You know, and it was like, it was something I would say with Wiseman last season where it was like, why are they posting up Wiseman? It's like, well, Wiseman keeps calling for a post up. I mean, I, you know, I know they're like, don't want to mid post Wiseman seven times a game. And I think there's a little bit of that with Clay. Like, you're, you're probably right. There's better ways to get into like structured offense and get Clay the shots they want. But sometimes it's just Clay Thompson with this just like, obsessive belief that he's going to get back to what he was as quick as possible and his answer to doing that is not like let me let me kind of you know ease into the season it's like no i want to guard one of the best players and i want to take a bunch of shots you know and he'll have those games like you know i'm sure that milwaukee game on abc saturday night against the defending champs where he's the star he scores 38 that only like empowers that belief of like (laughs) oh yeah you know that was once every five games let me make it once every two games and then you know last night he's facing the spurs he's struggling you know he has the whole head you know when he throws the headband into the crowd that's not him going like oh i'm throwing the headband in the crowd i'm having a rough night like let me take a back seat it's like when i come out of this timeout that's when i'm getting hot oh it's <laughs> on now this headband was holding me back i actually think he played well after the headband but i think he stopped forcing shots <laughs> generally though that this just is clay thompson this is just who you employ this is a guy who's very much helped you win three titles and build a dynasty but this is the stage of his career when you know and we will see like you know a lot of times people say the second season is better than the first you know i'm sure the sixth month off of this will be better than the fifth the fifth is better than the fourth but this is just who you got this is just who is going to be a major high usage part of your offense the the rest of the season and you know probably the rest of his contract i mean i think it should be actually (laughs) i think he should be it just felt like against Milwaukee he figured it out. That's that's the part that's just like he said it. He said it himself. He was then, just kind of hot. He was yeah, just kind of yeah, hot. Nah, he said it. Then he's like, yeah, man, I just got it's more catch and shoot in the Florida office. But but you are right. It is a lot different when there's no Steph because in many ways Steph is the offense. Uh, so all those actions that happen off of Steph, all, out of the doubles, right? out of the attention he draws, like what is the offense outside of that? So it probably is a lot more difficult to get in the flow when when there is no flow. <laughs> but he's a really good catch and, three, catch and shoot guy right now. I think he should lean into that. Okay, we'll see. Hey, when, when's GP coming back? You know, I could see as early as tomorrow he scrimmaged this past week chris haynes put out a report that he was targeting sunday so i mean that means he like gary clearly felt he was very close you know sometimes that happens and then they just like get closer and it's like eh, one more day off you know they have back to they have two back-to-backs on this road trip so i'm sure they're gonna like probably have to selectively rest some guys so maybe they were saving them for that but but peyton seems very close so which game do you not play clay and which game do you not play out of Porter? And do you do you don't do those simultaneously, right? I imagine one game is an out of Porter game, one game is a Clay game. I'd play Clay in Miami because to beat the Heat potentially, you might need a hot Clay Thompson for the idea of getting an upset. Like if Clay Thompson plays like he did against Milwaukee, you can beat the Heat. Where I don't know, I feel like 
you should be able to beat the magic without clay. Without I guess clay this is, and Steph? I guess this is go what's the magic? I'm not saying you will hundred percent, but I'm saying you get the win you gotta get. Like yeah, the no, there's that argument. Have. It's the safer choice would be to like really go for the Orlando win. Like play everybody in Orlando. And like, you know, and I don't know for sure and it, we'll ask Steve next time he has an availability, but is Draymond playing both sides of back to backs right now? I'm sure he's not going to play both sides of every back-to-back coming up. You know what's the more interesting question? Because it's the same, but it has higher stakes. End of the road trip, Wizards-Grizzlies back-to-back, where the Grizzlies game, but you know, if you still have this like pipe dream of getting the second seed, that's a huge game. But if you are doing the safe strategy that you're talking about, go after the Wizards game and punt the Memphis game. But then you're punting the second seed, essentially. But also, if you don't get the Orlando or the Wizards game, then the Memphis game really don't matter, probably. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. You, you you lost two in a row, and you're looking at, you don't get Orlando, that's three. Miami is four. <laughs> Atlanta's <laughs> not know, an like easy that, game. Atlanta's not an easy game at all. They've actually started playing well. Then that Memphis game don't matter anyway. So that's what I was trying to figure out. That's a great, I forgot about Draymond. That's a great question. Is Draymond playing back-to-back? Somebody's going to have to play it back-to-back at some point. Maybe Draymond is the closest bet, or does Clay force a hand here? But Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how do they manage that. I'm thinking I'd play Clay against Orlando and sit Otto Porter. Draymond, you know, the night he got back, but they're all definitely messaging out, like, seeding doesn't matter. Like, put them in the five, put them in the six, whatever. Essentially, is what they're five trying to say. Five is too low. Four I get. Four I get. Five is too Top low, four, but again, when you tip off game one, even if you're tipping it off in Dallas or whatever, like if if everyone's there, you know they're gonna feel confident. So yeah, yeah, facts. You still want that game seven at home. <laughs> you know who would have helped in some back to backs, and this is a transition just for our producer. Uh, if James Wiseman was able to play, he this would have been the time he would have got good developmental minutes, and you know, particularly if Draymond's not playing both sides or you know whatever like Slater what, what what are they doing look Anthony you've been around this league a long time why not just shut him down why even put him through it why put the team through it why not just say hey man this ain't your year yo and we don't even really need you right now we're done there's no more your name out here getting dragged there's no more it's over you're gonna come back healthier Next year, you're going to get a full... They all, they've been saying this forever. He hasn't had a training camp. He hasn't had a summer league. We'll bring you back summer league. And that's it. Yeah, you take the hit. Initially, oh, he's out. He's out a year. It's been a long time. All right, you got that, then it's over. And then he's no longer in the news. Why not just do that? Well, I think if he's physically able to get out on the court and play, you know, in scrimmage and whatever, like, they need him to, like, play, right? Just because, like, he needs but, but to play. But he's clearly not, though. He's clearly Hadn't not been, able. Yeah, yeah, look, if 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 the knee is saying that he needs to rest for, you know, blank amount of weeks, blank amount of months or whatever, you know, again, it's like, you know, I think they're on a day-to-day basis monitoring the knee, but also getting opinions from, from, from several medical, you know, training staff, doctors, all that. I think Steve said it pretty good the other day. Like, this just like whatever decision they make regarding James Wiseman needs to be solely based on, like, his career. And because I don't like even him not being able to play right now is not really that huge a deal for this team. And it hasn't been because I think we've known for a long time, like, you know, like at best he was going to like help in a very minor way. So whatever, like, I don't think they necessarily have to come out and declare season over. I mean, although look, if, if, if the knee says you should, then they should, but I think they should it within the locker room. And I, you know, I think we're both getting the sense that I think, people there are viewing it as like it's over on on this idea that he might help this team this season but i don't think they have to tell him hey shut it down his body will just dictate if he should play basketball today or if he should not play basketball and if he's capable of playing basketball today from the medical staff's opinion even if it isn't actually in the rotation of a team he should get a scrimmage in behind behind the scenes because the guy needs to like physically play basketball to get better well he can do all that and just not play this season like that my my thing is when we were told that his knee was swelling again, it wasn't like revelatory. This thing has happened, right? It, it, it keeps It continually happening. did yeah. as he ramped up. That's yeah, what it kept keeps slowing happening. him down. Now, 
Is it happening because he's trying to play? He's trying to get back on the court? I say you do view it from the sake of his career and say, listen, we're going to get this thing 1,000% healthy, which means like maybe you surprise us and maybe you're ready in April. But as far as we're looking at this, we're getting you ready for summer league. And yeah, you scrimmage in the background, all that. But if this keeps happening, it's clear that it's not ready. You got players going to the podium talking about, don't forget Wiseman. Don't forget we still got Wiseman coming. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just saying, it's, they should have been saying, listen, man, we're playing this ultra safe. We're doing the Steven Strasburg thing. Like, you're done. <laughs> you're not, you're, you're not Kerr this. really has messaged that out the last like month and a month or so. Right, he's the one that really pulled the brakes publicly. Of like, you know, you mentioned summer league. He, I mean, he was like summer league training camp, thousand reps. Like, even if like other layers of the organization, again, you are including players in that star players who you know would always rope him in. Like, got Clay, got Wiseman coming back, so it's not a good deal. But you know, st- still is only twenty. I agree with you. To me, the next big checkpoint in his career is summer league. And not just summer league, but an entire summer of like playing basketball and gearing up for camp. So he feels really in rhythm and confident coming into camp, not only about his body, but about his game. Because if not, then you're talking about potentially like the start of his third season. And it like he hasn't even got off the ground. His career hasn't even got off the ground yet. And you're nearing like rookie extension talks, essentially. (laughs) So (laughs) you're trying to decide on the fourth year option. You ain't even seen this dude yet. I mean, it is a little loony. Like, like, you know, uh, Kavon Looney didn't play like at all year one, basically. And then year two, very little. And, you know, they're going into year three. And they they didn't need the Well, yeah, they had Jordan Bell, and we were all talking about, like, you know, can they afford Jordan Bell? Cash considerations. (laughs) And then they declined Jordan or Kevon Looney's fourth year option, which, by the way, they're not going to decline James Wiseman's fourth year option, but they declined Looney's. About 28 pick difference. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) They declined Looney's, and and suddenly year three, boom, finally healthy, finally feeling confident, bursts onto the scene, and he's still here, you know? (laughs) So. This isn't that rare of an NBA case. Obviously, people can go back to the Joel Embiid situation, but if they can get him physically right and 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 feeling good and getting a summer league training camp, like it could it could turn going into next season. But I agree with you that like it does feel like this season has become a wash. Yeah, I I don't think so, but it makes you wonder since they didn't declare him a rap. Did they really not get a big and they thought they needed a big, but they felt figured Wiseman was coming back and now they're stuck. You know, although Bielita that was the best I've seen him in a while against Spurs. And Porter. Bielita and Porter yeah. were, were, and Porter, were yeah. rumbling like, in the interior. That's the type of stuff I'm thinking about. It's like, all right, you know, we don't need a center. And, and if we did need one, Wiseman's coming back. And all right, we're not that thirsty for one. And, and now you're stuck in this position with possibly seeing Towns or Jokic and then Aiton, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like Gobert, who knows, right? So to me, that that's why that would be the thing I would be worried about. If they were saying, let's chill on Wiseman, but, but behind the scenes kind of, oh, he's coming, watch when he's coming back, and th- then they didn't make any moves because of that. Or maybe they just don't think they need bigs, but we know that's not Steve's philosophy. Steve loves bigs. He loves size, right? Every time somebody's got a three-height advantage, he's trying to post them up. Like, we know how he thinks. He wants size. So, to me, that's the part I was thinking, like, did they really <laughs> did they really not go against Look, somebody? Wiseman's inability to give them anything on the court this season was a big, you know, I guess, issue within their plan. And that's the, the win-now, develop-now plan. That is the um, going to the season with – you know, a lower or smaller number of bigs because they thought Wiseman would be back probably December, January felt like the, you know, was the, was the initial hope. It has hurt them in every layer. And the fact that it wasn't just clear, for, I think if it was clear from the beginning that Wiseman wasn't going to play this season, then they would have added an extra body. But 
because there's been so many like incremental, oh, he's getting close. Okay, he's not okay. You know, this time, literally playing, he could have played an NBA game. He was physically cleared to play in an NBA game while he was playing in the G League. So the way it's gone didn't help their plan. But, I mean, it's it's very correct to look back and like second guess. And plenty of people first guessed this decision, and it and it didn't work for them. And But we'll see in the playoffs. I mean, maybe, you know, if Draymond is himself – you're going to suddenly not, you know, for 35 minutes a game, you're suddenly not really that worried about their interior because they, who do they want more than anybody in the world? Guarding Towns, guarding Jokic, a guy they employ. Now, is he physical? We'll see. We'll see if he performs, you know, and this does put a ton of pressure on him, which we'll see. It's risky. We've talked all season, like this whole entire, like thread the needle plan, fuse two errors together plan is very risky. And one of the risks Turned against them. Wiggins can save it all. It's all. It all comes down to Andrew Wiggins. In the he can help. Season. He can help. He can definitely save it. Uh, and him, Clay. I mean, how about I, a Minnesota? Like how about a Minnesota series for Andrew Wiggins? With Wiggins, oh man, what? What? You know, he would love nothing more than to go into Minnesota and dog them. You know, Minnesota's front office would love nothing more than like for him to implode. Just a chance and- to go like see that trade wasn't that bad the perfect world with d would go off in the series the minnesota wins wow Andrew wiggins, wiggins is quiet is, yeah 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 that they they would never hear the end of it yeah warriors fans you do not want to see the timberwolves in the playoffs the timberwolves the hottest team in basketball right now full of athletic and youth athleticism and youthful energy and swagger uh and a, a, a legendary big man i'm way overhyping the timberwolves Carl Anthony Towns will overhype himself. I believe the best big man shooter that's ever lived. Not named Dirk, right? Mm-hmm. Not according to Towns. Not yeah. according to the Wolves. Not according Dirk to included. Towns. All right. We will talk to you uh, sometime this week. I'm sure. After the big win in Orlando? Uh, Miami. Let's talk Miami. <laughs> of course you want to talk after a loss. I just, you know, back to back. I do the second night. You know? I got you. All right. Thanks for listening. We're out. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.